0: Before we look into God's word, let's all bow our heads in prayer. Loving Father in heaven, we come before thee this afternoon now. We thank thee for the word that thou hast given to us this morning. We pray that we may apply it to each and every one of our lives. And we pray also as the word will go forth this afternoon, that it be thy Holy Spirit that be our teacher and that we be willing recipients and doers of it. We ask these things and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Dear ones, with the Lord's help, I'd like to read from um, the Book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter seven, a few verses. The book of Matthew, chapter 7. <laughs> judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. I've read up to it, including verse 5. These were the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And they're very pointed words. They're very serious words. And perhaps, unfortunately, we have... Well, many have missed the real meaning behind these words, there are some that think that because Jesus said this, that we are in no way in a position to make any statement on the actions of others. After all, it says, don't judge. Yet we see in other places in John chapter 7 that Jesus says don't judge according to the outward appearance but judge righteous judgment. Then we see in James it says that we are not to judge our brother And we see in Corinthians 6, it says, Is not there anyone among you that can judge between these people that have a conflict in the church? So it's quite easy to get very confused about what it means to judge. And what does that word judge mean? If you look into the book of Corinthians, the first, the first letter, chapter 11, let me read it. This is probably the best form of judgment that one could think of. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we all know this chapter, at least half of it, the latter half, is speaking about the Lord's Supper and how people should approach the Lord's Supper. It says in verse 27, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself. So remember that word examine. Let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now I looked at that word discerning, and I looked at the word for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. It's the same word in the Greek. Saying, if we don't discern the Lord's body, we're really heaping damnation to ourselves. If we don't make a judgment, a proper judgment of our spiritual condition before the Lord, we are actually not discerning or judging the value or the seriousness of the death of Christ. So he says, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. In other words, this is the best form of judgment that we could have. Because we know ourselves perhaps better than anybody else. We know our circumstances, we know our motives. Hopefully if we're in the Lord and in the Spirit, we know what we've done, what we've said, how we've heard others. And so we can judge ourselves. And the judgment is not against what others do. We read in the second book of Corinthians chapter 10 for if we measure ourselves or compare ourselves against ourselves amongst each other we're not wise I remember watching a, some video about two children in the class and, and the one child was writing a test and writing something down and the little child was looking over and copying everything that, that little child there had and then she rubbed it out and he rubbed it out He was doing exactly what she was doing. She was in error, and he became in error because he was copying her, imitating her, comparing himself to her. So when we judge ourselves, the scripture says, at least the the implication here is, is that we judge ourselves against a specific standard. In 2 Corinthians 13, a well-known scripture, I believe, says in verse 5, Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith, Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? So he's saying, Prove that you are in the faith. And the faith, not in your faith, in the faith. A faith that is objective, a faith that is understood by all. And that faith we derive from where? From the Holy Scriptures. So when we compare ourselves against the Holy Scriptures, we are really doing the wise thing as opposed to comparing ourselves with others. It's very easy to fall into a trap when we compare with ourselves with others. So 1 Corinthians 11 is speaking about a standard, and that standard is judging ourselves That we be not judged with the world when we compare ourselves with the Word of God. Am I in the Word of God? So that's the safest time to judge, the safest way in which we can judge, and that is judging ourselves. You know, David, I think, was it Psalm 139? He said, Search me, O God. And know my heart. Try me. And see if there's any wicked way in me. So he's asking God to examine him. To put him under the x-ray. You know the apostle Paul. As a great as a, an apostle he was. Even um, had to say this to the Corinthians. And even though he had to make some judgments. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We see that he had to make a a very serious judgment. There was a man that was sleeping with his stepmother that was committing a very heinous crime that that not even the Gentiles, it was not even named among the Gentiles that he was having his father's wife. And this person was unrepentant, uh, puffed up, and with him, some of his friends in the church, And so Paul says, the apostle, I've already decided what I should do. I'm not even there in in body, but I've already decided, I've already judged what needs to be done in this situation. He says, to deliver such an one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. He had to make a judgment because they weren't making a judgment. And he had to make a judgment against the word of God because they refused to make a judgment. The same Apostle Paul says in the previous chapter, chapter 4, let a man so account of us as of ministers of Christ and the stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now, he's already coming off the heels. I understand last week we had a message here on 1 Corinthians 3. So he's coming off of 1 Corinthians 3 where they were having divisions. Some were following Paul, some uh, Cephas, some Christ, and so forth. And there was factions going on. And he's saying to them, let a, first of all, any of these people that you've named, any minister in the church, be careful how you build, what you build on. And if you are building, he says, let a so, man so account of us as the ministers of Christ, the stewards of the mysteries of God. We are managers of what God has given to us. We have to responsibly and be accountable to God first and then the church on what is being taught and what is being said. Moreover, it is required that in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you. It was probably very common knowledge in the church there that Paul had his detractors those that will be taking away from him, those that will be saying things. And he even repeated some of these things that they were saying in his letters. And he said, it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you or a man's judgment. He said, yea, I judge not mine own self. Now, is that a contradiction? First of all, we are to judge, but he says, I don't judge myself. First of all, we're su- supposed to examine ourselves, whether we be in the faith, and yet Paul says, I don't judge myself. What things you think he was saying then that he doesn't judge himself in? What do you think those things are? Verse 4, For I know nothing by myself, Yet am I not hereby justified? But he that judges me is the Lord. He says, I don't know anything of my, on my own in some areas of his life. But he that judges me is the Lord. And I'm thinking, Brother, uh, Brother Paul, what, what are you saying? What How does that apply to me? And I think of... Things in my past, decisions that I had to make at the time and many times these decisions were in collaboration with other brothers and you make a decision when you make a statement and somebody comes back at you and says what you said or did was wrong. You acted too harshly. You acted too softly. You didn't act at all. And guaranteed, every year, I get two or three of those. The funny thing is, the funny thing is, is that the people that are making statements like this, many of them don't even know the facts Of the situation involved. Oh, they've heard a few things, but they don't know the whole picture. They don't know all the details that we have known. And so then people judge our actions. And in this situation, I think, yes, Lord, that's exactly what Paul is saying here. There were decisions made. Things said based on the information given. And when people start to question your actions and your decisions, you begin to doubt a bit. You say, no, this is how I understood it. This is how I meant it. And this is the decision I made. But then comes the question. Why did you make the decision that way? What is the motive of that decision? What is the reason behind that decision? And I think the Apostle Paul is saying something like that in this letter. He came to the Corinthian church, and you will, you will, listen, you will see in, in another place, he says, I was among you in fear, and in trembling, fightings without fears within. because of the perhaps the, the anticipated response from the members in Corinth. Will I do the right thing? Did I do the right thing? And I believe he was in a situation where he says, Lord, I did what I, what I believed you wanted me to do at that time, and I will leave everything into your hands, and you will be my judge. And not man. And not man. The one thing that differentiates between righteous judgment and the judgment that Jesus was speaking about, and I'll clarify that a bit later on, is that righteous judgment is based on truth on facts on the word of God the word discern brother Edmund and I did a forum many many years ago at camp and we looked at the word discern how Christians need to live their life of discernment they don't live by a rule book like the, the Babylonians or the the, 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 uh, the Persians and the Medes did or the, the, the Jews later on made all these rules up in the Talmud and the Mishnah And and this is how you now fulfill the law of the Sabbath. And they put all these myriads of rules in. What God has given us are a set of principles in his word. These principles were first outlined in the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart. You not have idols. You won't bow down to them. You will keep the Sabbath holy You will honour your father and mother. You will not steal. You will not lie. You will not cheat. You will not commit adultery. He gave us all these principles so that no matter what life, what uh, um, event in life we come to or situation in life we come to, we can use the principles that God has given to us and with with the added discernment and prodding, as we heard this morning, of the Holy Spirit, That God is able in every situation to guide us and to navigate us through perilous waters. That word discern means to actually take it apart. Means to take apart. Instead of seeing all this confusion of events and he says, take it all apart one by one and discern what's really, judge what's really going on here. Many people can't make a decision because they see all these complex events and then they like deer in the headlights where they're just stunned and they make a decision that's emotional or without thinking. God says, be still and know that I am God and take it apart for what it really is. And then you can be a good judge of what's going on. Jesus said, judge not that ye be not judged. For with whatever judgment you judge, you'll be judged with the same judgment. The same will be meted out to you. There's a, an Old Testament account of Judah. Judah, his wife died. He was a widower. He also had three sons. The first son was Onan, married a wife Tamar. He did wickedly the Lord's sight. The Lord slew him. Judah gave him then Ur. And oh, sorry, the other way around gave him Onan I believe the second uh, he was supposed to take seed give seed to the, to the wife he went and spilt his seed God killed him then along comes the youngest one and he was supposed to give the youngest one to Tamar Now, Judah was a bit reluctant because two of his sons died being the husbands of this woman Tamar. So he put it off. And he says, when he gets a bit older, I'm going to give him to you. And he got older and he refused to give him to. So she takes the law into her own hands, says, I'm supposed to be getting the seed from Judah. I'm going to decide how it's going to happen now. So she hears that is going to a place to, to where the sheep were being sheared and she intersects him on the way, dresses up like a harlot and he being now single sees her there and he goes in and commits this sin of fornication. And she said, what are you going to give me? Before or after, what are you going to give me for this act now. I'm going to give you uh, a goat for what you've done. says, well, how, how can I have a surety for that? She took his bracelet, his staff, and his signet as proof. She becomes pregnant. He goes back. She goes back. Sometime later, he gives the, the, um, the sheep or the goat to, to, to take her back to her as, to, so he can get his stuff back, his signet, his bracelet, and his staff. She's not there. Then they find out that Tamar's pregnant. When Judah finds out, he says, kill her. We can't have that dishonour in our house. And then she presents the evidence. Who was it that made her pregnant? Judah says, you have done more righteously than me. You're more righteous than I am. Judah was a hypocrite. Judah judged his daughter-in-law and would have her stoned for a crime that he had helped to happen. What Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter 7 when we judge with hypocrisy when we judge others because we think that what they are doing is wrong yet we would do something similar, a different colour, a different uh, texture to it but it's not what I did. Many times when you look at judging especially in the book of we, we read from it this morning in the book of James it links it to speaking evil book of James chapter 4 such a beautiful practical chapter Let's start reading at verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaketh evil of the law and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy who art thou that judgest another? You see, even when we think we're right, even when we think we've got all the pieces together, even though we think we've got the whole picture in our heads, we could be dead wrong. And when we judge our brother, the word of God says we speak evil against Him. You know what? I've been guilty of that. I've been guilty of that. I've examined myself and I've been given because I think that I I, I know the whole picture and I miss one piece of the puzzle and it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. Told of a story where someone came up to the elders at a baptism and said, You should not let them have communion. And one said, Why? Because he did this, 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 and this. And the elder said, But brother, I haven't even talked to him yet, I don't even have the facts. And you want me to let him have communion? The Bible says when you have communion. Examine your brother, right? No. So examine yourself. Examine yourself. Take the beam. This big beam. That's a beam right there. Take the beam out of your own eyes, then you can see clearly to see this, the little dust particle in your brother's eye. Jesus is saying, don't judge hypocritically, don't judge without the facts. Matthew 18 tells us how to judge. Matthew 18 says, if your brother trespass against you, bring one or two others with you. So that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Every word may be established. Two or three words missing could make a whole difference. If he refused to hear you, First you come alone, then with his two or three witnesses, then if you refuse to hear them, bring him before the church. Make it objective so everyone can hear. If it's a real problem, if that problem is so big that you want that brother to be dealt with, and by the way, the tone of that Matthew 18 is not, I want to get revenge. The tone of that brother is, I want to have peace with that brother. I want to live in unity with him. I approach that brother in love. Ephesians 4 talks about the building up of the body of Christ. And it says, how do you do it? By speaking the truth in love. Not in criticism. Not in talking down. Not in putting down. But objectively with all the facts. even when they were trying Christ, one says, doesn't the the law require that we first have to hear everything before we make a judgment? Speak the truth in love. Yes, brothers, yes, sisters, there is a way to deal with difficulties in the church. And the way has been given to us very clearly, step by step. But when we make comments and suggestions and accusations to others behind their backs when they're not there to defend themselves, the Bible calls that speaking evil. There's an area in in the church that has been here since the early testament church the new testament church and it comes to, to deal with things like liberties that a Christian takes and perhaps that's the biggest area of problems that we have it's no longer what the bible says it's how I feel it should be there are grey areas that are silent in the Bible. And yet we take the liberty to criticise, to accuse, to admonish because it's our personal preference. Yes, the Bible does talk about weak Christians. It talks about those that are weak in faith. It talks about how to deal with it. But the Bible doesn't want us to stay there as we Christians. The Bible wants us to grow. We've had lots of, lots of um, experiences in our churches that today we would laugh at. We would laugh at today if we would hear what happened way back when. Because back then... That's how they believed. And back then, that's how they understood what was a liberty and what was not a liberty. But when we do speak of liberties and the way things are, make sure that it is biblically based and not because that's how it was done in my home country. We're in a different country. We're in a different church. We're in a different environment. The culture's different. It doesn't excuse sin. Peter says, and Paul says, the same thing, that we are not to use our liberties as a cloak for maliciousness. What does he say? Romans chapter 14. Starting at verse... 9. For to this end Christ both died and rose, and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set at nought thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God, so that every one of us shall give account of himself to God, Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him, with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. Now what the Apostle Paul is saying here, there are those with weak consciences, yes. And at the beginning of the chapter, he reinforces this. Let me just uh, read that. Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. This is going two ways now. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. If you have the liberty to do something, don't judge your brother because he won't join you. Or think he's trying to just be... uh, uh, more holy than you, recognize that if you have examined this, that it is not a, it is not contrary to Scripture, that his conscience may be weak, but don't judge him for that. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. We can't leave it at the position where just because somebody's conscience is weak, well, let's leave it like that. Let's teach, let's show what the Word of God says, let's reason together. But let's not feed a weakness. When the Apostle Paul was confronted with that in 1 Corinthians 8, he just didn't throw his hands up. He taught. He said an idol is nothing, and the meat that is offered to idols is nothing that is defiled. If you eat it because you're hungry, that's okay. But don't do it in front of your brother. Even if the world stands, as long as if he knows that you're eating, don't do it for his sake until he comes up to speed. Until he grows. Until he can accept it. But Paul doesn't leave it there. He says don't judge him that does eat. Until we all come together to the unity of Christ. Don't we have the same thing today? One man esteems one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day, to the Lord doth he not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God thanks. They both give God thanks and God is glorified through it. But let us not judge each other. Let us not think that I have a monopoly on what is right when it's not in the Word of God. That causes disunity, that causes division. And I've seen enough in my lifetime divisions in churches. They were supposed to be homogenous as far as being conservative divisions because of personal preference, because it has to be my way. Matthew chapter 7, and I'll finish with this. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it will be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Jesus is speaking about hypocritical criticism. We have to judge righteous judgment. But hypocrisy is not because I'm not consistent with your understanding. Hypocrisy is whether I'm not consistent with my own professed understanding. Big difference. I was in a church once and this church Was at a point of division. And I said, Brothers, you're speaking the same thing from two different sides of a coin. They both believed the same on the issue, the difference was with how you deal with the issue. And that's what we have many times. We believe the same thing. But how do we deal with the issue when it is violated? Makes all the difference. You know what? When they saw this, there was unity like it never was before. Like it never was before. My prayer is that we take this very seriously. That we don't take crack shots. Crack shots, like snipers, does not build the church up. When I make an irresponsible comment about somebody that just courts hurt and injury, if it's a real problem, the Bible says, go through Matthew 18. If it's not a real problem then maybe it's better not even to talk about it. You can ask questions, but to make judgments and statements that are hurtful, and I've heard many, doesn't unify the church of Christ. It just causes divisions. I pray that the Lord would give us more understanding than this limited survey could. To him be the glory evermore. Amen. Verse 2 and the 4th verses. Please
1: offer a prayer. O dear Heavenly Father, who reign in heaven above heavens who even this afternoon hour are looking up on the valley of this earth is there anybody seeking thy face we want to praise thy name dear heavenly father since we recognize your master's hand in our lives you the one who created us and created everything that we see and we don't see created the heavens and the earth created all the living creatures and ourselves and now dear heavenly father you call us to come and see ourselves in the mirror of thy holy word and oh how humbled We all must be. Recognizing ourselves and our transgressions and our faults and our hypocrisy, dear Heavenly Father, because Thy Word is perfect and wise. And we so many times found ourselves being evil to ourselves and the others. So, being humbled ourselves, we pray to Thee, dear Heavenly Father. Don't give us the measure based on our weaknesses, but upon Thy grace you judge us, dear Heavenly Father. Because If we were not looked upon through our Savior's eyes and his interceding prayers, we would fail all miserably. So be merciful unto us. And, uh, dear Heavenly Father, give us the full measure of thine faith that we can grow, that we become better and we can grow in unity and uh, be wise stewards of thine church and thine word and thine mission here on this earth to count our hours and our time wisely because the end is near our end might be even nearer than that and uh, we would be all just but wise to use it wisely to share love and compassion towards each other to share thy love because you said that's how the people that's how this world will see that you are my disciples by the love that you have amongst each other Yourselves. So we know, dear Heavenly Father, that we cannot by ourselves, even the best intentions, we cannot do it by ourselves. We do pray that you will give us the good portion of the Holy Spirit to dwell amongst us, to teach us, to guide us, to make us discern our own actions and actions of the others so we can travel together without harming each other but instead loving and encouraging each other on this travel because we know and you said that this is the narrow path and the few are finding this path and taking this path and there is a a wide one that many many take and many go that wide one so also as we heard satan is strong and satan is persuasive sometimes and we again cannot do anything on our own to resist his fiery trials but yet again we dedicate ourselves we ask and plea for thy guidance for the Holy Spirit to dwell with us and give us that sometimes as we heard this morning we can be still we can put aside the busyness, busyness of this world and have a ready ear to hear that still and small voice of the Holy Ghost It comes to us and help us to discern we have the principles and we know that however we don't have to obey by the rule of law but the rule of the love of Jesus Christ as it's given to us so dear Heavenly Father help us in our needs we also want to ask for those who are suffering who are in hospitals who are suffered, lost in all different needs, you know, we may not even in the knowledge of what's everybody going through. You bless us all. You give everybody according to their needs because you are a generous God and you want to give us good gifts. And here we come, hum, come, humble, asking for these good gifts because we declare to all world we cannot do it by ourselves. Be with us and stay with us. Not only now, but forevermore. That's what we pray, that's what we ask in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.